and so as I've been focused over the last six months, someone asked me this question, what can we do? And boy, I was so uh, shocked by that question. One of the reasons how it threw me because well, uh, most of the time people ask me, what are you going to do? Most of the time people say, uh, what are uh, we going to do? Or why did you say what you said? And so most of the time, so when, 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 when I was asked this question, what can we do? I was like thrown. And uh, so what I want to do this morning is I, I want to pretend like I want to do, a, do a, a, a role play, and that is that all of you were asking me that same question. What can, what, what, what can we do? What can we do? And, and, and so to do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, uh, when I count to three, that all together, if you would ask me that same question. Okay? So on three, I want you to ask me this question together. What can we do together? One, two... Three. What can we do? I am so glad you asked that. I'm really excited and glad you asked that. And uh, before I answer that, there is something that uh, obviously that we uh, all need to do to make sure that we continue to enjoy an atmosphere that, uh, that, that God has created uh, in our worship. But uh, churches in America are... Are, are, are changing, where people are, are interested in spiritual things, but uh, they are not uh, as interested in attending what is known as traditional church. A couple of months ago, as I shared a little bit earlier with our elders, I uh, said to them that um, it is different is, than the leading than it was when we began uh, for a number of different uh, reasons. One is that... Um, Church attendance and people attending church in uh, our country is stagnant and it is dropping. And most of the churches that appear to be growing, that they are transferring members from one church to another church. And so what we find is that there is just a blood transfusion within the body, but not fresh blood overall coming into the body. Uh, secondly, uh, another thing is that... Um, as we look at that, most of these individuals are looking for a church to and, and trying to find a church that can better uh, meet their needs. And so you ask me a question this morning, and I am so thrilled and ready to answer that question. And that question you asked me was, what can we do? And I've got one word for you, engage, engage. And as I speak of engaging, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you uh, four uh, words this morning that I'd like to share with you. And uh, I'm asking you to, uh, to engage, not only engaging for our church, but also for the community and also for our nation and also for uh, the world. Because God always called his people and his church to have an influence, not in a building, but he's called them to have an influence around the world where he said that what I want you to do is I want you to do in your Jerusalem, your Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. And so uh, these four words that I want to give you today are the words gather, serve, give, and go. Gather, serve, give, 
and go. And when I speak about going, I'm really talking about uh, invitations. And so um, let's take a look first at the first uh, word, gather. And uh, what we want to do is we want to gather in worship, on time, every time. Amen? Uh, if we want to gather in worship on time and every time, would you say that's for me? Come on, would you look at the person around you and say that that's for me? Come on, you would just say, Pastor, that's for you. And uh, would you just uh, say that uh, to me, that that's for me? Okay, so that's for you, that's for me, that's for those that are around you as well. So we want to gather in worship on time. And every time, you know what it's like is that when you have someone that comes to your house, but they have to, but, 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 but you're not there. And so they, 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 how does that make them feel when they come, but you're not there. And then they've been there for about 30 minutes standing out in August month of heated weather. And then you show up uh, 30 minutes late, they're sweating. The enjoyable time is not as great. So first thing that I'm uh, when you ask what can we do is gather and worship on time every time. And then the seventh, second thing is to gather um, with ministry teams and also in, uh, in groups. One of the things that I've really enjoyed is, again, as I shared earlier, was our gyms uh, and gather, getting together. It's been really a wonderful time. And I know that there are several of our ministries that get together regularly um, that uh, are serving in ministry. But this is the amazing thing that sets Christianity apart from other religions because, because of, uh, in the first century, other religions, particularly the pagan religions, that uh, they began to do things a little bit uh, differently. What they would do is they would say, I'm going to slaughter a goat. Uh, they would say that there's a God out there and what I'm going to do is I'll kill a bird or I'll pray to the moon, I'll pray to the sun, I'll be good so that God will accept me. And so they believed that, that there was a God out there, but the difference is that, and the question that I would ask you is, how good is good enough? Because the Bible tells us in Isaiah 64, it says that uh, regardless of how right you wanna be, that it's as if you have dirty pieces of clothes. Now, those of you that know the King James Version, which says filthy rags, it talks about righteousness and filthy rags. And so the question is, how good can good be? And no matter how good you are, that uh, unless a person comes into a relationship with Jesus Christ, it's not good enough. Now, so we recognize then that gathering in, uh, in worship uh, together on time, every time. Secondly, is together with ministry teams and groups. Uh, I think that this is really important because what happened was that Jesus came along and uh, although the other people were uh, focusing on goats and, and focusing on praying to the moon and praying to the sun, Jesus came along and said that it's different with me. And he says that what I want you to do, he says that I want you to uh, show your affection to God and you show your affection to God how you treat each other. And so the way you love God is the way that you love one another. That's what Jesus says. And, and, the, and what's, what's important about this is that the local church is just a natural thing. The local church has always uh, gravitated toward uh, putting more people in rows. 
It's gravitated toward making it all about this person and making it all about this person and making it all about this person. The, the local church just naturally has get gravitated about making it about the building. And so what you would do is you would see a church and then the, the, the visual of the church was the building rather than the ministry that was being done. And so the local church gravitates toward putting people in rows. The local church gravitates toward making it about me. Well, it's not about me. It's not about me. And so I'm, I'm not pleased. The local church has gravitated around uh, uh, buildings. And, but Jesus did not show that in the New Testament. He never did it that way. And this is how he put it in John chapter 13. He says it like this. He says, come on, champions, would you read that with me together now? A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And so this is the kicker. Notice this next verse. This is the kicker. And he says it like this. He says, come on, let's read it together now. By this, everyone, that you, my God. And he says that, so by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And so Jesus says that uh, the way uh, you will be known by following me or, or as a Christian is you will be known uh, by the way that you love one another. He didn't say that you will be known by the sticker, bumper sticker on your card that says that my boss is a Jewish carpenter. He didn't say that you will be known that you are my disciples by the fish that you have. The other day I saw a car with four fish on there, two big ones and two little ones. And I guess that meant that mama and daddy are Christians and the two kids are Christians as well. But he didn't say that that's how you will be known. You will be known by the fish on the back of your car. So everybody that drives behind you will know that's a Christian in that car. Not by the bumper sticker, but he said that you will be known as, as my disciples by how you love one another. And so the, one, the way we one another one another is we be together with one another. And, and he talks about that. And so it's really about being together outside of Sundays. So we, 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 we can share relationship with one another. We can uh, share what one another is going through. And that's why I love, um, uh, just uh, two weeks ago, we uh, went to uh, support uh, one of our members who was in a play. And so Jim's uh, got together and uh, we went there and it's great to see everybody uh, sitting together. And boy, at the end of the play, when she came out, she had the loudest yell, because there were so many of us there, uh, losing our dignity. <laughs> but, but can you imagine how that would make her feel that she was supported by her family, her spiritual family? So, uh, so that's important. And so one of the things that also is important that we... Uh, celebrate and, and uh, experience one another outside of Sundays is that uh, when you are in relationship with someone else that they'll drive five, six, seven, eight, nine hours to be with you so that you don't have to experience what you're going through by yourself. And the reason that that is so important is that you, you may need somebody to call at 2 a.m. in the morning 
And they will not see you as an interruption to their sleep, but they will see you as a relationship that they value. And so uh, what can you do? What can we do? Number one, we can gather together in worship on time, every time. And secondly, we can get gather uh, together with our ministry teams and also our groups. Now, the second thing that we can do here is that we can serve on a ministry team. What can we do? Serve on a ministry team. And uh, if you work in a company, you know that there are some critical things that are necessary that your company do well. And um, if you get those things right, then you can correct all the other things, but you've got to get those things right. And it may be customer service. You've got to be able to handle the customer or, uh, or the right way. And, and, and how many of you know that even if you, when you handle the customer the right way, if something else goes wrong because they've been handled properly and as they are valued, that it can solve some of the other issues that might come up. Uh, if you are in a company, perhaps the most critical, uh, one of the critical things is that you produce a product that is not defective so people don't have to return it. Well, so also in ministry, it's very important that there, like in a company where there are three or four things that are critical to getting it right, and if you get those things right, then it can solve some of the other things that you experience. And so the things that we have to get right that are critical in ministry is our weekend teams, weekend teams. And so the things we have to get right is hospitality. Uh, the things that we have to get right is our production team, uh, those are sound, uh, uh, the lighting, the worship team, the ushers, the greeters, those that serve on Sunday in our uh, main worship services. The things that we have to get right, another critical thing, is that our budding beginnings, uh, our uh, adventure quest, and our generation triumph, those things that occur you know, on the weekend. Would you say this with me? And uh, uh, would you say, it's the weekend? It's the weekend. Baby. Baby. I just, I've been wanting to say that all morning, and so I thought I could say that without saying it myself, and you would participate with me, since you asked me, what can we do? And so uh, this, this right here, what you're looking at is blocking and tackling. You can't make a pass if the quarterback, if there's no blocking. You can't stop the other team from scoring if you don't tackle. And so this is the fundamental of, our, of, of, of the ministry and the services, and that is the weekend teams. And so when, we, when you ask me the question, what can we do? I will share with you that the secret sauce of any ministry is not so much the preaching, but it is about the people that serve on the weekend teams. And this is, that's what will, will cause people to keep coming back and giving the minister who may not have gotten it right that Sunday, who wasn't in his flow or her flow that Sunday, give them another chance. Why? It's because before they ever got to hear the message, they, always, they already determined that this was a place that was full of love. Let me just share something with you here. I recognize that some of you might say that I don't want to do babies. I, I can recognize that some of you might say that uh, I, I don't want to be around any more children. And, and I, I recognize that some of you might say I'm not a teacher. And I understand that. But let me say this. We're not going to ask you to do something you're no good at. You know why? You're no good at it. So we're not going to ask you to do something that you're no good at. The last thing we want you to do is serve in our children, our teen ministry. And, 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 and the Bible is boring. Service is boring. 
Teaching it's boring. But come back next week, kids, so that we can look at the Bible that's boring. Look, if you, that's not your gift, we don't want you to uh, serve in an area where you're not good at. Let the church say amen. amen. But you know what the good news is? The good news is that out of these, that there are many things in this context where you, we can leverage your skill set and that you can be used. And so what we need and what I need is for every person to connect in these areas. And if you do as a ministry, I assure you that we will be hitting on all cylinders and that uh, we'll be able to make a difference not only among our congregation but also in our community. The next thing uh, that I'll, uh, when you ask me what can we do, the next thing is give a percentage. Give a percentage. Give a percentage. Give a percentage of my earnings to the local church. Give a percentage of my earnings to the local church. And you know what I, I would say that there's probably two types of giving. There's giving 101. And giving 101 is emotional giving. Giving 101 is when someone stands up and they put like starving kids on a screen and then they get you all emotional, get you all uh, motivated to give. And then um, they would pass out an envelope and say, um, write a check or go online and give to help starving kids. And you are so emotional, you're crying, and you're like, I gotta do something. And so uh, you're asked to give $5. And you go, no, I'm not gonna give five, I'm gonna give $50. No, I'm gonna give $100. Now I'm gonna give 250, no, I'm just gonna go on and write this check for $500. And you write that check or you go online and give, and then you get to the car and you say, what in the world did I do? I know I could not afford that. That's called giving 101, because giving 101 is emotional giving. Let me kind of give you something else here. Giving 201. Giving 201 uh, is consistent giving. And, and this consistent giving is really where lives are changed. You know, it is, it is where you, as a regular and a consistent giver to the church, it is where you say that I'm committed to the mission. It's where you say, I'm committed to the assignment of the church. And do you know that giving 101, the emotional giving, is easy. It's really easy uh, to raise money for emotional giving. But giving 201 is actually better. And it's better because it prevents some of the problems uh, that can happen rather than just intervening with the problems that happen. Uh, let me give you uh, an example of that. Any of you who've been around for uh, here for some time, you know that we actually do both. We, we give uh, consistently and also we give, uh, we do give 101 and we also give 201. Uh, we uh, give to students uh, that will help ease their burden of college and going to school. We've given to those who've lost their homes in national uh, disasters, uh, we've given also uh, to overseas ministries. And so we've given 101. Uh, uh, but and we want to do more of that. But in order to help us create environments where people are equipped, encouraged, and empowered, it's important that we give 201 and we become consistent givers and not just emotionally driven or reactionary givers. So you asked me, what can we do? And I said that we could gather together and worship on time, every time, 
We could gather together on our ministry teams and also we could gather together in groups. We can really form relationships outside of Sunday. I've said to you that we can gather uh, together and these are very special times. I've also said to you that uh, serve on a ministry team, that's what you can do. Then I said to you that you can give uh, consistently. And then the third thing is to go or invite, invite a friend. If you ask me what is my greatest concern that's part of the ministry, I would say the greatest concern is not really money. The greatest concern is not a place uh, to meet. My greatest concern really is rather that we might focus on keeping people rather than reaching people. That would be my greatest concern. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask if I can just get like four guys, four guys, if you would just kind of come on stage pretty, pretty quickly. So we've got four guys, we've got five guys, we've got six guys. These six guys are coming on stage. I'm just going to ask you to line up right behind me. And as these guys are coming, uh, you know, my, what you've heard me say oftentimes is that, um, as we worship, one of the things we don't want to do, and, and I've heard people say, oh, but, oh I just want to get in so f- close, so deep, as if I could touch the hem of his garment. And you know the amazing thing? Oh, I just want the spirit of God to be so strong. And you know what's amazing to me is that um, one of the uh, significant things, and my greatest concern is that we have a desire to come in so close to the altar that we forget about the people that are out there in the dark searching for the handle, but can't get in. And that's my greatest concern. But I want to show you something that happens. And so my brothers, would you just kind of gather together face to face in a huddle? Guys know what a huddle is. And so these guys are going to gather together in a huddle face to face. Get some more space between you. There you go. And so notice this, that these guys are gathered together. They are in a huddle together, and you can talk to each other, interact with each other. And so one of the great things is that they're so focused on one another, one another. And what I would call this is that this is a holy huddle. And so guys, uh, just kind of uh, uh, lean over to one another, just kind of bend over like you're on the line. And see, now when you see a holy huddle, all the things you see is what? Yeah, that's it. Okay, you can stand up now, guys. So, so notice this. They have their backs And so my greatest concern is that we are so focused on keeping people rather than reaching people. And as a result of that, our focus is that having our faces to one another and our backs to the world. But something powerful, would you turn around, something powerful will happen to the church. And that is that when our focus is we've got one another backs, however, but we are facing the world and we're going out of this place into the marketplace, wherever we are, into our communities, and we're looking for people that can have ex- that desires to experience what we have already experienced, and that is a presence and a functioning relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But it will not happen in a holy huddle where we're so focused on keeping one another, but it'll only happen happen when we turn our backs and are willing to go out into the community and the marketplace. That's what God desires. Thank you guys. Now many times uh, people might say that you know what, that's what I want to. One of the reasons why I want you to do this, one of the reasons why I want you to invite a friend is, is so that you can experience our environment through the eyes and the ears of a person who doesn't attend church, 
who's unchurched, who has never made Jesus the Lord of their lives. You know why? It's because sometimes I hear people say, wow, you know, oh, I want to be able to, to see everybody in worship. Uh, one of the reasons why we put words on the screen is not so much for the people that already know the song, but this is what will happen. See, you'll experience um, the environment through the eyes of, an, of, of, a, of a person that is unchurched. Why? It's because when they come in, they don't know the song. Uh, when they come in, they uh, uh, are, are concerned that everybody's looking at them. When they come in, they're so self-conscious that they're looking around to see what everybody else is doing. But can you imagine that they can come into a place and no one's looking at them and they don't feel insecure and thinking that somebody is looking at them. But as the anointing begins to flow, as we begin to sing, you are a great God, great and mighty. As we begin to sing that it's your breath that is in our lungs and we offer up to you this praise that something happens on the inside of them. And at first they were standing like this. Then they were standing like this, but oh, there was an anointing that was present. And all of a sudden their hands went up and they weren't concerned about who was looking at them. They experienced an environment without the consciousness of others judging around them. And then for the first time, you'll experience the environment through the eyes of an unchurched person. And what happens if everybody's looking around as they're worshiping and you say, man, I sure, I sure. What happened if the words weren't on the screen? And you'll get so uncomfortable. Why? It's because I know they don't know the song. They don't know the words. I just hope we just sing one song this year, this, this Sunday. Just one song. That's it. Oh, you start getting uncomfortable. But you know what? You really begin to appreciate the environment that's already been set. Because there are people that you need you to take them to a place that they can't go by themselves. And do you know what? When you bring them in, perhaps they'll give their life to Christ. They'll be baptized, and you will become a part of their story. You know, the amazing thing about it is when people never invite anybody, they're still focused on the service for themselves and will never see it through the eyes of an unchurched person. That's what Jesus began to say. Pray for the laborers to go out into the field to bring in the harvest, that he will cause the harvest, but the harvest still has to be 